Hey listeners, Lex on the Decks here. Before you get stuck into this episode of Hot Girls, I wanted to let you know about something else you may be interested in. Though Hot Girls in its podcast format isn't releasing new episodes any longer, if you head over to my Substack, which is lexonthedecks.substack.com, you'll find more interviews and insight on gender minority artists and how to overcome any barriers to entry. You'll also get the opportunity to sign up to my weekly newsletter, Five Good Things. This is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays, sharing five of my favourite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Decks. This is the show where we explore the mechanics of the music industry through intimate conversations on creativity and biography episodes exploring the lives of iconic artists. This week, I'm looking at an artist who I personally wonder if she's slightly overlooked when it comes to the great divas, because in my mind, she's there. At five foot two inches tall, Anastasia had a voice which was alarmingly big for her teeny stature. Her story is jam-packed with lessons about humanity, femininity, and superstardom. From being plagued with physical health challenges, she was extremely resilient and positive. She had an incredibly distinctive sound, and her music definitely defined a period of time in my growing up. She is such an inspirational woman, and the sooner I get into this, the better. <laughs> this is a lesson in control by Anastasia. Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. In 1968 in Chicago, Anastasia was born to Robert and Diane, who were both working in entertainment. Her mom was a Broadway singer and her dad performed in clubs. So neither was like making the big bucks, but both were creative people. She says her mum immediately clocked onto her potential as soon as she heard her singing. Right away, she thought, you know, oh my God, she's just, she's this crazy little freaky girl. Oh my God, what are we going to do with her voice? Because it was so much bigger than I was always. Yeah. Anastasia's dad suffered from bipolar disorder and her parents divorced when Anastasia was 14. So she moved from Chicago to New York with her mama. The pair were really, really close. And she said recently, my mother is my real foundation, the person to whom most credit is due. Mother's A. As well as the split of her parents, it was around this early teen stage when Anastasia was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. 
So Crohn's, if you aren't familiar, is something which affects your digestive system. There's no complete treatment for it. So if you're diagnosed, it is generally for life. However, with management and certain medication, you can still live a fairly normal life, even if you have it. You can just expect that her life would have been a bit restricted by flare-ups. There's no evidence that any career other than entertainment was ever really considered by Anastasia. It was more a case of how big she might be able to go. She initially wanted to be a dancer and started pursuing that professionally in 1983. She actually appeared in two of Salt and Pepper's music videos. One of them I searched on YouTube and it was up there as Salt and Pepper, Anastasia Dance, which I found quite lols. You can just about tell which one she is dancing away in her 20s. It's a rare journey to go from backup dancer to superstar, but I'm going to suggest it actually makes a lot of sense. She was able to use many of the things that she'd learned dancing to succeed in music. So firstly, getting good at auditioning and performing on command, getting comfortable on video shoots and around that kind of hectic schedule, and also honing her energy and performance ability and making sure she could stand out. She also danced at club, following in her dad's footsteps, and then she began singing at clubs and weddings. This process and stage of Anastasia's career went on for a good eight or so years, which I think is a really important point in her journey. A lot of people might have been disheartened by not having kind of blown up or cracked it at this stage, but not this gal. The following years, she recorded numerous songs with various singers and released her first single independently, which was called One More Chance. This got a bit of traction, but still she was unsigned and not really generating a significant income from it. There were constant small steps forward until a significant moment came for Anastasia. She appeared in an MTV talent show called The Cut, on which she became a runner-up. Now, this was in 1999, and when she didn't win, she got a phone call home from someone who'd watched her performance and was impressed. That person was Michael Jackson. So imagine, it's the 90s, your landline rings, and it's Michael Jackson. Crikey. She then signed a record deal with Epic Records and released her first album a year later, Not That Kind. By this release, her sound was clear and established, so almost her artist development phase was that kind of 20 to 30 period. The craziest thing about that show, The Cut, before I actually get into the music which followed, was that they decided 30, which was how old Anastasia was when she was on the show, was too old for her. So the producers told the world that she was 23, So you know when you kind of have someone on screen and it has their name and then their comma age, 23. Craziness. I found this both hilarious and also just so irritating. Like this whole concept that there's a certain thing you should do at a certain age. Why, like where did that come from? And why are people continuing it? Because she wouldn't have been that artist at 23. She then kind of stuck with this fake age until she turned 40 when she decided, oh, fuck it, I don't want to not be able to turn 40. And the media thought she was in her early 30s. And she was like, okay, guys, actually, I'm 40. So her debut album was a big hit. Something I think is pretty cool and shows her talent was that one of the two biggest selling singles from the album was Not That Kind, which she'd written before being signed. The other huge hit was I'm Out of Love. So two lead singles, and the album went top 10 in eight countries. Boom! Her second album followed in quick succession in 2001. Called Freak of Nature, it included the tracks One Day in Your Life and Paid My Dues. This album went platinum multiple times over and saw her performing with Celine Dion, Elton John, and Paul McCartney. I still get very amazed by the immediate success and the immediate acknowledgement of 
of looking at me as like I was a beetle or as I was Michael Jackson or Madonna. Interestingly, Anastasia's success at this period of time was throughout Europe, Latin America and Asia, but she didn't catch the same success in her home country of the US. So I guess the lesson here is to try different territories and see where you resonate. And America still is a territory for me. I still sell records. I still get on TV shows. I still do. I'm known as, you know, Anastasia, the great singer from Europe. So I said this was going to be a lesson in control. I think Anastasia is a brilliant example of someone who focuses hard and solely on what is in her control and not on what is outside of it. In the early stages of her career, she didn't get to control when the record deal came, only that she continued developing and committing consistently until it did. Her album is full of her credits. She was very much the creative director of the sounds she contributed to the world. When working on her third album, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. The cancer was discovered when she went to explore getting breast reduction surgery. She was really young to get this, um, and it was also at a different time. So it was almost 20 years ago now. Not that it's a great sentence now, but then really breast cancer did seem to be a death sentence to many people. Instead of I'm dying, you know, or why me or anything, I was like, oh, this is not fitting in with my itinerary, you know, was more of how my head, I was like, God, how do I, how do I fit breast cancer in with writing an album? God, what can I do? You know, I I looked at it so differently than, than most people. I just kept on knowing that I wasn't going anywhere, but knowing that I had to, Go at it slowly. I find how she handled the news of breast cancer both remarkable and relatable. It hit her at this time in her life where she was like, you know, bam, 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 go, go, go. That third album is huge for an artist of her sort of scale. You've established your sound, you've built your fan base. It can be such an exciting time. And then all of a sudden you're hit with this reality that ultimately life is a gift and it can be taken away at any moment and any age. Anastasia made the decision to let cameras film her struggle with cancer and filmed a documentary of her journey and progress. Post-surgery, she was very, very ill and she spoke about not being prepared for quite the extent of the excruciating pain she was in. Have you ever been this afraid, Anastasia? Not in my adult life, I've never been this afraid. I haven't cried yet today, that's a good thing. It's just, I'm helpless. And then at the end of the day, no matter what happens, if I do have to take off my breast, if I do have to go through chemo, if I do have to do all the things that go along with this word cancer, I'm going to be okay because I'm, I'm not going to die. And if I do, I'll die trying. She believed that she could make a difference in campaigning to allow insurance companies to let women under the age of 40 get mammograms. And that was a huge part of her work at this time, her humanitarian work, which is pretty cool. The therapy, uh, she had to go through radiotherapy for treatment and that did affect her voice slightly and it took a while for her to rebuild her strength. But a month later, after the surgery, she started performing again. Her third album, Anastasia, was released following the All Clear. One of the key producers on it was Glenn Ballard, who's one of those producers with just a really cool discography. Uh, But his most notable work was on Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill album. This album, Anastasia, was my favorite of Anastasia's uh, albums. It had so much power and emotion. It included the songs Sick and Tired, which is probably my favorite of her songs, and Left Outside Alone. 
Since then, she's released four more albums between 2008 and 2017. Unfortunately, Anastasia's cancer returned in 2013. So in the middle of these, uh, and this time it was more severe, she took it on in much the same way, with bravery and focus. And again, she beat the cancer. Literally, fuck you, cancer. She did have to have a double mastectomy after this. And I'm going to go on to talk about how much I love her sexiness, but... I think it's beautiful and important to know she went through this because her breasts were a huge part of her identity. In 2015, she was back with the greatest hits album and a global tour. What a badass. I, I still don't believe that I have made it. I believe that I have made something. I've made a difference, but I don't believe I've made it. Before I do go into some lessons, I just want to chat love and relationships. Uh, she had a seven-year relationship in her kind of early years with an actor called Sean Woods. And then in Mexico in 2007, she married her long-term boyfriend. However, they filed for divorce three years later in 2010. After her divorce, she said that she started dating and she did want to enjoy the company of other guys, but that she'd done a lot of soul-searching and reached a different decision about who the true great love of her life was. Take the bad day and then try to make the next day a little bit better. But do you yeah. regret not having children? I don't regret it because I feel my life is so full yeah. at the present time. And what I've done in my realization that kids probably won't be my um, journey is that I started to really, really fall in love with my career. This is where I've come to that it's really enjoying being able to perform because I've had health issues. And how, when did that realization happen? Was two, it about two years ago, three years ago, when I was coming back from the mastectomy um, that I just kind of felt like I really want to enjoy it. And I've been putting so much attention into, should I have kids? Should I do this? Should I do that? I need to have a relationship. And in fact, I'm doing my job and I'm not going, I, I do love what I do, but I didn't, wasn't in love with it. And that's great, you know. For me, that really is about defining your own narrative and what's true for you. And I love that. Okay, so some lessons to finish up. Lesson number one. I love this one on her. Sexiness is a decision. You make the decision and other people listen. So she has a stomach on, uh, sorry, she has a scar on her stomach, which was from surgery for Crohn's disease that she got when she was younger. Uh, she used to be really embarrassed about it. And then she turned a certain period of her life and decided that the mark was a sign of her survival and her strength. So she would generally wear crop tops. And that's a huge kind of step one of her owning her own sexiness and her survival story. She also wears colored glasses. That was a huge part of her style and identity. And actually her sight is terrible. Like she's like really, really can't see without glasses. So I love the fact that she had all these colored lenses and it became like this iconic part of her image. And also, you know, the second time after she had breast cancer, she had to have that double mastectomy. She spoke about being scared of that, of being sexy post-cancer and then decided like, oh, of course I'm still sexy. <laughs> like, of course I am. And I just really love that because I really believe it. I really believe that sexiness is a decision and you decide and then other people will fall into line in agreement with you. Okay, lesson two, be good, do good. Uh, she actually was the first woman to win the Humanitarian Award at the GQ Men of the Year Awards because of the work that she'd done. She was just a good person. I think when you really value your life and your commitment to the world, you also are interested in, in giving back. And I think that definitely... Anastasia falls into that category. And my final lesson from Anastasia is slay in your own lane. 
most of her songs are written by her and she had that common thread which allowed her to create a very distinctive genre. She obviously has quite a unique tone to her voice, but she also chose this kind of, she she called it sprock, I think, like soul pop rock. And it really was this fusion sound that she created and consistently released across her career. And she owned it. There's not really anyone who you think, oh, they sound exactly like Anastasia. So I think it's very cool. I hope you enjoyed this episode on Control by Anastasia and you feel inspired by what she was able to own and do against the odds. I know I certainly am. And I love the fact that she's still making music and still putting out there. So we love you, Anastasia. Hope you're all having a good week. Stay safe. What up, Lex? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.